0: This is episode 713 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life, so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's article, How to Use Your Smartphone to Survive. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version, with some commentary, of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, this episode is sponsored by the exclusive Prepper Website email group, which allows you to communicate with other Preppers right from your email. You don't have to worry about your every link, click, or word being tracked by social media. This email group resides on the same servers as Prepper Website. Other benefits include members only video, periodic webinars, and bi monthly online meetups. This is a great value for $20 a year. To join the community, visit prepperwebsite.net or click the link in the show notes. And also, guys, I want to remind you of the service that I offer on Buy Me a Coffee, which is you can receive the top 10 articles on Prepper Website for the week for $5 a month or $50 a year. Then you can drop it into Pocket. You can uh, have Pocket read it to you. And I think it's a very uh, useful service. A lot of people have asked for that, and people are taking advantage of it. So you can go check that out over at Buy Me a Coffee. And even if you don't, you can go check out the stuff that I'm putting out over there, just having a little bit of fun and just dropping some, uh, some social media type stuff over there on Buy Me a Coffee. Before we begin, I want to just give a shout out to the listeners in Canada and also in the UK. appreciate your listenership, and uh, I see that you guys are always uh, right up there with uh, the rankings, so I really do appreciate you guys listening. Hey, so this article that uh, I want to read comes to us from Survival Sullivan and talks about smartphones for survival. I'm really glad that he tackled it the way that he tackles it. So the, the author who wrote this one, um, because a lot of the times preppers look at technology and they're like, you know, if if an EMP happens and you know the whole you know world blows up, whatever, you're not going to be able to use your technology and all that kind of stuff. And the problem is, is like you you have this attitude of technology that's so negative, you, you don't realize that you can use it all up until that time that you have that EMP, right? You know, if that even happens, that is one of those things that's possible to happen. There is there is that ability for an EMP to happen, but it's more probable that you are going to have some other kind of emergency where your phone would be very very helpful. So in this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about um, some of those you know the, the ways that uh, a phone will help you in a bunch of different aspects in the article. Then I also asked members of the exclusive email group, hey, which kind of apps are, you know, what do you have installed that would be, you know, quote unquote, used for survival on your phone? And so got a lot of things, a lot of things I didn't even know existed that uh, I'm gonna share with you. So before we jump into the actual article, I wanna read just a little story. I just did a fictional story early on when I, uh, I wrote an article on Ed That Matters about using a smartphone. So I'm going to go ahead and read that story just to kind of get us going here, to, to get us, uh, I guess, focused on the fact that we have all different kinds of emergencies happen in our lives. So this is coming to us from EdThatMatters.com, EDC for regular people, and then some, the one item you'll go back home for. All right, so let's go ahead and start out. John started off Tuesday like every other day. He dropped to the floor and knocked off 20 push-ups. He turned on the shower so it would get hot and then went to the kitchen to turn on the coffee pot. Showered, shaved, and dressed, John filled his Yeti and headed off to work. His thoughts were on the big presentation that he and his colleagues were in charge of. This presentation could make or break his career. Entering the freeway, John reached into his pocket to retrieve his smartphone and connect it to his car's Bluetooth speaker. A wave of panic hit him as he went from his front pockets to his back pockets, looking for his phone. He thought for a moment that he should turn back, but he was already on the freeway and he didn't want to be late. Seven minutes down the freeway, traffic came to a standstill. He couldn't see what was causing the holdup, but he knew he was completely dead in the water. He instinctively grabbed for his phone, but then remembered he left it at home. With no traffic app, he turned on talk radio to try and get a traffic report. After 20 minutes, traffic had inched its way to the next off-ramp, John decided to exit and take a different route. He turned down one road and encountered a ton more traffic. It seemed like everyone who wasn't on the freeway was on this one road. He quickly decided to turn on the next road. After about a mile, the road filled with construction. Two miles in, John received the notification that his front right tire was losing pressure. He screamed. He didn't have time for a flat tire. He desperately looked for a place to pull over while he kept an eye on his instrument panel. He finally found a flat driveway that would allow him room to change his tire. He stepped out of his vehicle and straight into a puddle of water. Feeling the water squish between his toes and socks, he punched the air and yelled, What more? He walked over to the front right tire and noticed a huge nail sticking into the side of the tire. He opened his trunk and pulled up the carpet to get to his jack and spare tire. After unscrewing the placement nut, John's heart sank. As he felt the air in the spare tire, it was flat. He slammed the trunk down and again instinctively reached for his cell phone. He hung his head as he remembered he forgot it at home. He locked up his car and started down the road to find a convenience store, wet shoe and all. He just hoped he didn't miss one of the most important presentations of his career. All right, so I'm going to end that article right there, just with the end of that story, and I'm going to link to it in the show notes if you want to go. Uh, read the rest of it. Um, some of the, the things that I talk about there, the, the apps and stuff might be outdated. Um, but I, you know, I wanted to read this story because I think a lot of us can identify with things like this. Nowadays, it's funny because the title of that article was something you'll come home for it's very real. I mean, I don't know if you do it or not, but if I, for whatever reason, forget my phone and now it's to the point where if I forget my, my glasses, I turn back around and and go get them and, and, and put them on. And so it's one of those things that, that we need to make sure that we have because emergency situations take on all different kinds of forms. And so uh, for this guy right here, Uh, you can definitely know that he was in an emergency situation, especially when you're talking about your career. So let's go ahead and move forward here. And let me just start out by saying with a little knowledge, your smartphone can help you big time in an emergency situation. The obvious way is, of course, to call someone. But many people don't think about all the other ways your prepper smartphone can work for you. And this is before all the apps that are available for you to download and use. Don't let the fact that your cell phone is a high-tech piece of gear keep you from considering it an important survival tool. Get to know all the ways it can help you in an emergency situation. All right, so let's go ahead and jump over to SurvivalSullivan.com and read this article, How to Use Your Smartphone to Survive. Most people consider their smartphone to be pretty well an inseparable part of their identity these days. Between managing our social media accounts, handling calls, and texts, and improving our efficiency, or at least increasing distraction with countless apps, these are wonderful little bricks which are certainly a hallmark of our era. But for all of their usefulness, it seems like most preppers don't really plan around them in a survival context, except perhaps counting on the fact that they will invariably fail when the chips are down. The notion that something so complex that is so dependent on an equally complex web of servers, networks, and technological trickery is functionally brittle does make sense. But is it true? I say no, and there's far more to be gained from your smartphone and a survival context than planning from the get-go to do without it. The capabilities that your device brings to the table, particularly if you have a rugged smartphone, are advantages you definitely want on your side. And in this article, I will make a case for it and discuss those advantages. Now, I always get a chuckle when discussing this topic in some circles. Invariably, there are at least one or two preppers everywhere I go who seem to plan on ditching their phones at the first sign of trouble because they believe that it is totally certain the things will just wind up letting them down. And how could it be otherwise? Tornadoes will knock down towers. Power outages will offline servers. And to do it all off the phone itself Uses a battery of all things to function, and once the power runs out, the thing is useless, right? Right. Except probably not, or at least maybe not. For the life of me, I don't understand this attitude. I agree that it is good to have backup plans, and that no one should rely on any tool too much to get the job done, especially one as complex as a smartphone. But that doesn't mean you have to throw the baby out with the bathwater invariably most folks sentiments on the matter do not extend to other areas of their survival plan tell me does that flashlight or headlamp you rely on use the battery how about the red dot sight on your rifle if it's good for one why not the other you could extend this sentiment to other things too why rely on an axe or hatchet made of metal metal that can rust away to nothing you should stick with an old fashioned renewable stone hatchet that you napped yourself for the occasion that won't let you down. Admittedly, I'm just poking holes at this point, but the very sincere point I want to make is that you should not be a survival Luddite, shunning technology just because it is technology of the current era. All you'll be doing is denying yourself an important advantage. Okay, and that right there kind of sums it up for me when I talk about this because again, this attitude is very prevalent in the preparedness community and maybe not so much for with younger people, but maybe some of the seasoned folks that are out there and people that are always thinking about EMPs and solar flares and CMEs and and all that kind of stuff, you know, when you're thinking about the worst-case scenarios. I want to read that again. You should not be a survival Luddite, shunning technology just because it is technology of the current era. All you'll be doing is denying yourself important advantages. So it is good to be ready for the loss of capability that might accompany any sort of emergency or disaster scenario. But that does not mean you should forsake anything that can help you. With that said, let us get on to what your smartphone can do for you in a survival situation. So seven smart survival uses for your smartphone. The first one is communications. So the most obvious advantage your smartphone can convey is the one you likely bought it for in the first place. The modern smartphone is a communications marvel capable of sending and receiving all kinds of signals in a variety of formats across a host of apps. Obviously to do this, it will be dependent upon maintaining a connection with a cell phone tower but virtually every phone today can also send and receive calls, texts, and other data via Wi-Fi connection. When you're in trouble, the first thing you might want to try is calling for help. If you are in a remote location or the crisis is a big one, you might not be able to send or receive a call due to a lack of connection on or in overwhelmed network, respectively. If that happens, that's okay. Try sending a text as a text message uses far less bandwidth than an ongoing call and has the added advantage of basically being on standby to transmit once you press send if the phone cannot connect immediately. There are other ways of getting in touch with family, friends, and authorities using your smartphone. Email is one possible option, although it generally takes a backseat to texting these days but you can also send them messages on a variety of social media apps or dedicated messaging equivalent. This is especially useful for saving time if you have all of your group mates or family members on an emergency channel or thread where you can message them all at once and every member can see what the other is saying. Next up is light. Now, any prepper who has their head on right will keep a flashlight on or about their persons at pretty much all times, especially when heading out into the wilderness. But sometimes this light is either left behind, lost, or broken. Or let me just say, it's convenient sometimes just to use the light or the lighting of your cell phone. Humans rely on vision as their primary sense, and things tend to go very poorly for us in the dark if we don't have a way to light up our environment. Luckily, most modern smartphones can provide light for you in a couple of ways. The majority now feature built-in flashlight functionality that can turn on its camera flash LED to act as a surprisingly powerful flashlight, though this does drain the battery quite quickly. Older smartphones that did not feature this capability can nonetheless be jerry-rigged into doing so by using one of numerous free apps for this purpose. But let us say your smartphone lacks a camera entirely for whatever reason, or the LED flash is broken, or perhaps you want to save as much battery life as possible under the circumstances. No big deal. Your smartphone screen can put out enough light for close range task lighting or illuminating the ground around you simply by turning up the brightness. Obviously, neither of these options is as capable as a purposeful made flashlight or headlamp, but it is definitely good enough. To get you out of a jam then there's navigation smartphones pack a suite of powerful sensors and other technology inside and many serve as the primary gps system for their users whether they are behind the wheel or not depending on the generation of your device and the breadth of the network in your area your gps could be more or less reliable in a jam but it is always worth a try and so long as you have signal they are surprisingly accurate but let's say your GPS is non-operational or non-reliable. Your smartphone can still serve as an excellent navigational aid by pre-loading it with a variety of maps, including road maps, travel atlases, topographical maps, or of the region and more. If you have a compass in hand, you can use the two in tandem to surprisingly good effect for land navigation. Even better, most smartphones include a built-in compass accessible through a first-party or aftermarket app. Now, I have, to, I have a lot to say about this because the accuracy and reliability of the phone sensors as a compass can vary dramatically. In testing my own phone and a selection of phones belonging to my friends and family against an accurate Suunto field compass, I determined the accuracy of the on-screen compass app to be anywhere from very good to comically terrible. If you want to rely on a compass app, I highly recommend that you test its usefulness and accuracy against a real compass of known quality before you count on it. Then survival guides. The storage capacity of the average smartphone these days would put computers from last decade to shame. Capable of storing many gigabytes of pictures, documents, and dank memes, your phone is a shoe-in for housing a survival library's worth of manuals and guides. This is a great way to shore up any weaknesses in your own personal knowledge base or skill set, but even for expert preppers, there's always more to learn, and no one was ever harmed by having extensive reference works on hand for any number of purposes. Including a selection of books on basic survival tasks, first aid, disaster response procedures, local and regional flora and fauna, self-defense, and more is all entirely worthwhile and a great use of space on your phone's memory chip or internal storage. It is also worth including pictures with or without markup and video that can provide you step-by-step instructions for accomplishing basic survival tasks like rendering CPR, starting a fire, or building a primitive shelter. Like the old saying says, a picture is worth a thousand words. Then next up is situation reports. Unless you opt out, most smartphones come by default with a variety of local, state, and federal emergency notifications turned on. This means that you can receive fast up-to-the-minute info on everything from approaching severe weather to terrorist attacks and anything else imaginable that is deemed worthy by the authorities of pushing out to society on the emergency broadcast system. Of course, this will only work if the cell networks themselves are still functional and your phone has signal. But assuming that is the case, there is more information that can be accessed via the internet, subscription services, or even apps for the purpose. It could make a big difference in your plans knowing where you should or should not go based on current risk assessments or availability of supplies or assistance from various government agencies. In a quickly developing and chaotic situation, information is always insurance and your smartphone can provide you that in abundance if you have it set up correctly. Next up is personal information database. Unless you are a total loner, you probably have many people in your family and social network that you care about and more than a few of them might even factor into your plan significantly. There are so many variables and moving parts to keep track of in a survival situation it is no wonder that our brains need a little help. This is where your smartphone can save the day by holding all of the varied information you need in a personal database. What kind of things? It could be anything from addresses, phone numbers, and emails for all of your people to the location of your brother-in-law's survival cache he has buried somewhere on his remote property. It could be the combination to a locked gate or door or any other information that is good to know and have on hand but something you are unlikely to remember when the stress is turned up several notches. The sky really is the limit here. As a reminder remember that any sensitive information you store on your phone is accessible by others who take control of your phone. How easy or how hard it will be for them is determined by what steps you take to protect that data. Any apps holding sensitive information should be password protected and files kept on the phone should be encrypted similarly. If this is not possible or not practical, consider using your own personal code or cipher to make the information meaningless or just too obtuse to mess with for any opportunist who gets possession of it. So what can you do if your phone is broken? Well, let's just say that I don't know what I was talking about and you were right all along. Going into a major crisis, your phone is either broken or the networks that support it are irretrievably offline. Now you are left with a small brick of plastic and glass and nothing else to show for it. Well, I still win in the end because your phone can still fulfill several survival requirements with a little bit of ingenuity and know how on your part. A smartphone contains many components that can be repurposed by clever preppers. First, use it as raw materials if it breaks. There is a surprising amount of material that can be had from a broken or inoperable cell phone and with a little bit of ingenuity you can make use of these materials to cover several survival bases. One of the most useful are the circuit boards contained within. If you didn't know, circuit boards can be easily snapped and sharpened using any abrasive material to form frighteningly capable arrowheads, spear tips, or a straight up prison yard style shank in a pinch. Depending on the model, there might be thin metal components inside that can be put to similar purposes. Speaking of metal components, the thin metal spacers, mounts, and other doodads present present in your cell phone can easily be folded, bent, and cut into shape to form anything from a fishing lure or gorge hook to toggles and triggers for use in trapping. A great way to produce a sharp blade or hook is to fold the thin sheets of metal over to reinforce them and then sharpen one edge. Metal components are often at a premium when you are way out in the wilderness, so don't discard them lightly. Also, cell phones typically contain fine lengths of wire for various purposes, and even if the phone doesn't, you might have a convenient set of headphones or earbuds that wire can be harvested from. This wire can be used as a fine, sturdy lashing or fashioned into a small game snare. It is worth noting that you cannot use wire of this gauge on large game because it is just not strong enough. Another ingenious way or use of cell phones components. Most devices have a highly reflective mirror-like panel behind the screen. You can easily repurpose this mirror for any mundane purpose, but also for emergency signaling. You might already be familiar with the procedure for using a survival mirror to signal rescuers, but just in case, here is a super brief crash course. First, make sure your mirror is clean. Next, sight along your arm, the one not holding the mirror, and make a peace sign with your fingers, placing your target in the V. Then holding the mirror close to your head, move it around until you see the glint from the sun cross your extended fingers now you'll know you are flashing the target. Lastly, the battery can easily be repurposed to power other devices or paired with some steel wool and short-circuited to easily start a fire with a small bundle of tinder. To perform the latter technique, carefully strip the protective casing off the battery to expose its terminals. Touch a wire or a thin bundle of steel wool to either contact and it will rapidly glow cherry red, easily capable of igniting tinder. Use great care when doing this so you don't burn yourself or rupture the battery. Just because your phone is broken or permanently offline, it doesn't mean it is useless. I've also seen this uh, you know, in videos and in different articles with uh, gum wrapper, right? The little foil gum wrappers that you just cut really thin and you use that to, uh, pre- to create uh, a really red glowing ember to go ahead and start. Uh, a fire uh, or a tinder bundle there. All right, so keeping your phone powered in a survival situation. Now, despite many assertions to the contrary about the reliability and usefulness of smartphones in a survival situation, you aren't convinced. Furthermore, you think I'm full of crap because smartphones have a built-in limitation in the form of a distinctively limited battery life, a battery life that is never as long as we would have it. Without access to electricity or even the reliable availability of electricity in the aftermath of a calamity, our phones and the capability they provide for us are living on borrowed time. At least that's the thought. But like so many problems, this one has a simple solution. If only the naysayers would grasp it. Our phones do not exist in a vacuum. Other technologies have continued to progress at lightning speed right alongside them, and foremost for our purposes is the availability performance and ever decreasing cost of portable solar charging units and other power generation gadgets. Using nothing more than a bountiful and practically endless energy harvested from the sun's planet warming rays, you can generate your own electricity anywhere you have a clear and unimpeded view of the sunny sky. A clear cloudless day with full sun can see your phone recharged in just a couple of hours even on an overcast day, power can still be had as long as it is daytime. All right. So just, just a few words on that. It's like everything else you pay, what you, you you get what you pay for, right? So there are some solar chargers or, or battery banks that work on solar charging that are, it's, it's a joke. Um, it would take you now, again, if you were in a true survival situation, if you were lost out there in the woods, it would take maybe a whole day to get, a, you know, to charge up your portable battery enough to get a little bit of a charge, maybe enough to get out a message. So it would be worth it in that scenario. But there are some that are a little bit more expensive that are better in uh, gathering the rays from the sun. So again, uh, the cheap, you know, $20 battery banks, I mean, I buy those just because. Uh, the solar battery banks, I buy those just because of the battery, you know, the portable battery itself. Um, I don't necessarily buy it for the solar, the solar aspect of it. Again, it would work in a, in a true emergency, but I have others that are real solar chargers that do a a way better job in, in being able to harvest um, the rays from the sun. All right. So uh, just a few words on that. So other solutions exist, everything from portable thermoelectric stoves to windmills to hydroelectric generators you can throw in a stream or a river. And before you say as much, you won't be married to a given location to utilize those charging systems either, since many of them include their own onboard power bank or easily capable of transferring the generated electricity to a backup battery or similar device that you can then easily use to recharge your phone just like you would at home. Truly, so long as you have one of these ingenious, ingenious devices, you are without excuses when it comes to making use of your smartphone in a survival context. So in conclusion, contrary to the accusations and noisy assertions of naysayers, the modern smartphone can do a lot more for us in a survival situation than they would have us think. No, they are far from completely impervious to widespread damage or being separated from their uh, vital cell networks. Smartphones still have the durability, storage capacity, and onboard technology to aid us in virtually any survival endeavor. Use the procedures and tips we shared above to turn your smartphone from a social media powerhouse into a potent survival tool. So again, like I said, I appreciate this article because it does talk about the fact that don't throw, out, don't throw out your smartphone just because it's a high-tech item. You know, I, I think we use it uh, to the best of our advantage. Uh, and then, you know, when you can't use it anymore, then all right, fine. But, you know, until then we use it and we use it well, and there's a lot of advantages to it. I wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, I guess, my concept in keeping my phone charged at all, at all times. So I really like the phones that charge wirelessly. These are the type that you don't need to plug in uh, a cord to, to, to charge them, right? You're able to put them on some kind of device that is connected to power and they just, they just power up that way. And it, you know, it's one of those things where you see in movies, you know, back in the day, uh, but it, it just, it's really cool. You just drop it, you know, drop it on a little flat surface, or even I have some now that kind of stand up. Um, now you know my son knows that I like these, so he he bought me a couple for Christmas, and uh, actually it was like a dual pair pair. So I have one here in my in my office at home, and so when I am sitting at uh, the computer, I drop my phone right into it, and uh, I'm able to to keep it charged at work. The same thing, I have one of these at, at work. I drop it right into uh, the the little uh, the stand up case there, and it charges it. Uh, at work so i always have a full charge Uh, when i go to bed i have one that's flat i just lay it down on that flat charger and it charges at night of course i carry battery banks and all that kind of stuff with me it's one of those things you know i I don't understand people and when my kids uh, i always get onto them for this you know when they go out and they don't have a full charge it just drives me absolutely nuts but adults do this as well is you know they they don't charge their phone until they're almost on empty and then they go ahead and 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 they charge it up for me i think it is it's such a valuable tool that you want to go ahead and have it charged at all times you want it's like putting gas in your in your gas tank in your vehicle i mean you want to be able to you get to that halfway point and you want to be able to to fill it up just in case there's any kind of emergency you want to be able to have that available to you Now, if your phone doesn't charge wirelessly, and again, these things that I'm talking about, they're not very expensive at all. Very, very well worth it. It's just you automatically know where to put your phone. You just drop it right there. Um, If you don't have that, then I would buy some cords. Go to Amazon and buy some cords. And so you have extra cords that are already connected. So you're not taking your cord from home to work to school to wherever you go. So you're able to leave one by your bedside when you're charging your phone at night. You're able to leave one at work connected to your computer so that you can just easily plug into it. You have one in your purse or in your bag or or whatever you have so that or one in your car. So you have these left out so that you're always able to charge it. I just think that is something smart that you would want to do. So then let's go ahead and talk a little bit about apps. So I was looking at all the apps that I have and um, you know, one of the, the pieces of advice that I thought was good, if you're counting on using some of these apps, like in, in, in a scenario, let's just say that uh, the grid does go down, but you have a lot of information and a lot of apps on your phone that are going to be helpful, then after you download them and you get familiar with them, go ahead and try putting them on air or put your phone on airplane mode and then, because that that kills the connection, the data connection, and the Wi-Fi connection, and all of that, and then try to use those apps. If those apps are capable of being used, well, then uh, I think that is uh, you know that is one of those apps that no matter what happens to the grid, as long as you can power your phone um, with a, a portable battery bank or even the solar charging battery banks or whatever you have, then you you're, you're going to have access to those. Again. I still doesn't, I I wouldn't throw out a decent app or a good app just because it's not able to be used during, uh, during an event like that, right? If the whole grid goes down, but you know, if you're counting on it, if it's something that you're completely counting on, then you want to, you want to kind of test that. So anyway, um, some of the apps that I use is, um, I use Bitwarden and that's a password manager. I used to have LastPass, but then LastPass, you know, they talked about how, you know they they weren't hacked or you know you they couldn't get in get into their system whatever and then and then they were hacked and so I mean I'm like really so and not only that they were starting to charge for their service or there was rumors that they were starting to charge and so right when I started getting into the BlastPass before I I really used it you know full on I, I decided to jump from that to Bitwarden so I use that as a password manager and uh, I would highly recommend. Uh, doing it that way. I also have the Signal messaging app. Now I don't use it, but I do have it. Now Signal and Telegram have been uh, touted as one of those, you know, that, that they're encrypted, you know, and so I don't, I haven't looked into it uh, uh, a lot. I I can't remember which one, so don't quote me on it. One of them, was, uh, hit up for, you know, uh, I guess one of the, the government wanted information and they turned it over. So, you know, that's another thing you got to think about. And I'll I'll get to that here in just a minute. But anyway, I have the signal messaging app and telegram, and I I don't really use them, but I do have them on my phone. Another app that I use that, um, is is pretty powerful that I, I think, and I use it all the time is called standard notes. And I, you know, I used to be a real big Google person back in the day. I've tried to minimize as much as I can from Google and and try to drop Google from pretty much everything that that I'm doing, unless it's absolutely necessary. And of course, like when you go to YouTube, uh, you know, that's a, it's a Google product. So I try as much as possible to uh, wean myself off of that. But uh, so one of the things that I used was Google Keep. So I looked for an alternative and I found standard notes and it's one that I could use. It syncs with my, uh, my online and it syncs with my phone. And when I'm ever leaving myself a note or I'm trying to, to write down something, you know, if you're in a situation where you need to, to write down a, a quick note, it's just perfect. And again, like I said, it syncs with your, uh, with, uh, an online app and so that you can get it there and, and vice versa. But anyway, there's, a, there's many times where I am you know, getting an idea for maybe a sermon or maybe for a podcast or an article, and so I bring up standard notes and I just use the the voice to type uh, function on my phone and and use it that way. But just think, if you're in a survival situation and you need to write down something or important information, uh, or you know, there's a lot of information you need to refer to, but you can't, uh, uh, you don't want to uh, remember it, or you can't remember it, or you're, you're afraid you're going to forget it or you're taking a trip and you want to be able to, you know, detail things out. I think standard notes is a, is a pretty good one. Of course, a weather app, a lot of people are going to have the weather app. I I highly recommend it on all my apps. I pretty much turn off notifications. So if if the weather app was to do a a notification, I don't necessarily, you know, want that coming through, but anyway, so a weather app, and I think it's the, the weather app by the weather channel. And, uh, I'm talking about Android. So I have an Android phone. So that's what, uh, you know, it's very hard to get rid of Google there. You know, when you're dealing with an Android phone, you know, you don't have very many alternatives. Uh, the other one that I have is called skimmer scanner. And what this does is if you go get gas and you pay at the pump, there's been a rash of people trying to um they they break into the pump and they put in some kind of little i don't know some device that reads your information and it sends it to them while they are in the parking lot somewhere they're just kind of parked or somewhere nearby and it works by bluetooth so this skimmer scanner is a you know it scans bluetooth and it scans you put it up to the and if anybody looks at you they're like what what are you doing you look kind of weird doing this but if you put it up to the the gas pump and it will detect if there's anything uh any bluetooth bluetooth signals coming out of it so uh, I've had a friend who is just like was beat up by all these different scams at different pumps you know and so I'm like okay I I don't want that necessarily happening to me so I installed that on my on my phone I I used to use it regularly I don't always use it Um, I probably should but that's the one that I do have on my phone another app and I would highly, highly recommend this one. It is the disaster prediction app by Ben Davidson over at Suspicious Observers? It is free. I want to say, you know, when I, I interviewed Ben not too long ago, well, when I say not too long ago, it's probably like a year, maybe longer. But uh, I want to say that I, it was it was an app that I paid for. But I guess I guess I'm mistaken somewhere along the line. It is completely free. You can download it. And so, uh, and even if it was a paid app or if there was a paid function in it, I would highly recommend paying for it. Um, it wasn't a lot of money, but it's one of those things it's going to tell you whenever there's a, an earthquake or there is uh, a solar flare, uh, a CME, any kind of things that that's going on along those lines. Um, one of the things that I did was I turned off the earthquake because I mean, it'll ping all the time. And so what, uh, what I did was I just want to be notified of earthquakes that are 6.0 and above. And even with that, it still goes off. You know, you're, you're finding out about things that are happening and, uh, you know, Ben, they they update that, that pretty quickly, sometimes uh, just as fast as uh, the national service does their website. So what I would say is uh, you definitely need to have that app um, that is uh, just a really smart one to have. And you know Ben in, in talking with him, you know, he said that if there was ever a CME or a solar flare or something to be concerned about, that definitely would go out in uh, in the app and that would just notify people way ahead of time before anybody else. I mean he does the the morning show 24 seven every single day, kind of like what we do with uh, Prepper website, but he does it and his videos are out in the morning at four o'clock in the morning. So if you haven't listened to that one I highly recommend that you go over to the podcast.com and you search for Suspicious Observers and that was a great interview there. Uh, another one that I have another app is Waze and that is a a traffic uh, you know a traffic app. It's pretty good. I haven't used it in a long time because I just don't travel very far, but if I was I would be using it. I used to use Google Maps and I still use Google Maps without like location turned on. If I'm just looking for something or if I am at work or whatever, and I'm just kind of trying to get an idea of where something is. So I still use Google Maps there. And one thing, you know, you know this article talked about the GPS function of it. Um, there was a time when Google Maps was really kind of getting going and I started using it. And you know, I typed in my uh, an address and where I was going, and it told me to go a different way than I would have normally gone. And I'm like, there is no way that I, I'm going to go that route. You know, there's there's just no way. It, it doesn't make sense. That's longer. And so I went the route that I decided to go. And sure enough, I wound up hitting traffic. And so it's pretty scary <laughs> how much they know and how good they know as far as you know, the things that are going on all over the place. It, it, it really is kind of scary how much it's tied in, but it is very helpful. And, uh, there's, there's been times where I had it in traveling uh, from you know to another city and uh, it let me know way ahead of time that there was some uh, there was an accident and it took me off and around it and very grateful for that because the you know the traffic was at a standstill and actually it, it took me off to a point where I could see the traffic and it was just completely at a standstill so I'm like okay I'm glad that I was using the app at that time and so um, ways the difference about ways, and that's W-A-Z-E the different different thing about waze is that it is uh i guess uh, community supported so different people can type in and say hey there's a you know there's a a, a police officer here you know targeting people for speeding or you know hey there's uh, i guess it's it's sourced right so it's community sourced people can can send in information there and then i have a smart compass and uh like the article said i i have not tested this smart compass app that i have against a real compass. And so that's probably something that I want to do and test out and see how accurate it is. And so uh, kind of go from there. So, again, those are some that I have. I mean, I have a lot of other apps. You know, these are just the ones that I thought could be used for some kind of survival and uh, emergency situation. I think that are smart to have. Uh, you know, the password manager is not necessarily one that. You need to have, but I think it's smart to uh, in preparedness, you know, protecting your 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 information and your passwords and stuff like that. I don't fill up my my computer. You know, basically, it is a small computer. I do not fill up my phone with a bunch of different apps. I don't go test out a bunch of different apps. I don't download games, and uh, I've had very good success with that with my phones. My phones last a lot longer where other people in my family you know, they can tear through phones and somehow their, their phones always kind of get, you know, jacked up or whatever. Um, for lack of a better term, uh, my phones wind up lasting, And so again, I don't put games on my phone. I don't do, I don't just sit there and try to test out every app that that's available. You know, I really look at the reviews. I look at how many people have, you know, the, 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 the stars, the number of stars, the reviews and, and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, th- my phones just seem to last a little bit longer than, than most people because I take care of it in, in that respect. I also have an antivirus, so I use a vast, I didn't talk about that, but I a- also use a vast and I'm going to go ahead and, and type this out because I want to put this list out for people. If you, uh, if you're driving and you know, I, of course I don't want you taking notes, but, um, if you want to go and, and check this out a little bit later on, I'm going to put this in the show notes. So I do use Avast for uh, antivirus and to scan my phone every single day. All right. So I asked the you know the people in the exclusive email group to share some of the apps that that they had, and uh, so I have a couple of them here. One that I thought was pretty cool that I never I didn't realize existed is called OnX Maps Off Road, and this one is. Uh, I mean, you you pay for it and they have a free, uh, a freemium, and then they have different tiers of it. But what I thought was pretty, is pretty cool. It's for people that do like, you know, off-roading and, uh, you know, four by fours and all that kind of stuff. I I guess it would be like, you know, uh, motorbikes and, and dirt bikes and all that stuff. Uh, but it gives you the different trails all around the United States. And I I mean, I was like, man, that could be very helpful if you were trying to find a route somewhere and you were trying to, you know, not be on the main road. And then the uh, one of the things when you pay for the premium version, not only will it tell you the routes, but it will tell you who the people who own the property that you are going through. And that's, again, that's kind of scary that that information is out there, but you know, Hey, I'm traveling through this, uh, on this route and here is the person who owns this property. So you can imagine what, uh, what kind of thing that would, uh, would do and how that would be helpful there. Another app that uh, some have said is the life 360. And so there is a free version of this one as well, but it is live tracking, of people who have it on, and so uh, w- when you have this on, you're able to see the other person where they're going, how fast they're driving, and all that kind of stuff. So if you have a, a kid that you want to be able to track, you want to make sure they're doing what they're doing. Again, that's kind of scary because if you're able to track it, other people are. But you might uh, think it's worth it to be able to know where your kids are and uh, and all that kind of stuff. So Life 360, or maybe there is a- an older adult, you know, a parent. That you want to make sure that they are safe as well so that's something that you can use on on their. so you put it on their phone as well as put it on your phone and of course gps needs to be or, or you know you have to have that data connection on and of course you have to allow it in the apps Other people said the weather app, um, SAS survival. There's a, there's a couple of different versions there. There is one that you can pay for, and there is a light version that you can download. And so it has, you know, survival tips and tricks. And and really there's a lot of, if you go to your app store, whichever one you go to, and you type in survival, you're going to get a whole bunch of different type of apps. So you can, you can do that. Somebody said Morse code survival. So there is one that, that helps you with Morse code uh knot guide light so if you wanted to know how to tie some knots and you know you're looking for the best knot it is an app to teach you how to tie knots there's one called 50 radio that's 5-0 or 0 not oh 5-0 uh radio and uh one of the one of the things in the, I guess so this is like a police scanner one of the things that I did read about the reviews on this one is that there were a lot of ads, but if you can get past the ads, uh, you can go ahead and enjoy that one. There, there was a scanner ad that I had on my phone years and years ago. I removed it because it just didn't seem like it, it worked really well. Um, I mean, it would be kind of like on and off. I don't think it was five Oh radio, but it, you know, it, there, there was a scanner app. So there's maybe some, um uh, somebody has one that's really good. You can kind of share that with me. Then somebody said Zello. Um, that is just kind of like a walkie talkie where you're, where you're able to connect with other people in a kind of like a group or kind of like social media, but you're able to actually talk, you know, uh, instead of typing text and, and email and different things like that. I want to say that that used to be free. It doesn't look like it's free anymore, at least from what I saw. And then other people said, hey, having some kind of a first aid app would be good. When I went to go look, the the first aid, the Red Cross, the big one that's been downloaded like you know thousands and thousands of times, um, had a 4.4 rating, and some of the reviews were that like it's outdated information. So some of these apps are going to be outdated just because things uh, tend to uh, to change so much. Some that I thought looked kind of cool and you might want to look into is first aid in emergency. Again, this is for Android first aid in emergency. And it's the New Zealand red cross. That one looked like it was pretty cool. And, uh, then the St. John ambulance first aid, that one was, uh, if I didn't download it, but looking at the pictures, it's kind of like, okay, what are you, what are you dealing with right now? Like a head injury or you're dealing with chest pain, whatever. And it's kind of like, you know, you're able to choose your own adventure, I guess, type thing. Um, At least that's what it looked like in the in the pictures. So those were two that I thought were pretty cool. I need to investigate that. And if anybody has some really great Android apps, let me know. I mean, I I really want to know, and uh, I'll refer to them in in the next in the next episode. But uh, I'm really looking for a good first aid one as well. I I think I had one back in the day, and I just I, I didn't see it in my history, so I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about that one. So someone who has an iOS or an iPhone. Uh, A couple of the the apps that they said was Storm Raider and I don't, uh, that one is not for Android. So I can't find that one for Android. It's only for iOS or iPhones. So Storm Raider. There's another one called Foraging with the Wildman for plant information. So Foraging with the Wildman. I don't know if that's a paid one or not, but that's one that was recommended. There are other foraging type uh, foraging type uh, apps. I know I've had one in the past. I, I removed it um, because it, you know it was a paid-for app, and it just I wasn't using it on a regular basis. There's some that you see advertised where you can take a picture of something, and then it'll tell you what it is. Some of the reviews that I saw on those that it wasn't very good. Like it, you know, it didn't always get it right. So anyway, I don't know. But anyway, foraging with the wild man for plant information. Um, there's one called Bootprint, and the information here that they said is it keeps track of the location. Of the last cell phone tower that I pass, this app gives direction information back to that tower to allow moving toward the tower to get cell service if lost. So boot print is another one. Then commander compass for a phone-based compass, that's for iOS, solar alert, and then quake feed. And so I'm pretty sure the disaster app will cover both of those. Um, but if you, if you don't, uh, you, you know, you want to look into these again, solar alert and quake feed for your, uh, for iOS. So, uh, with that, I'm going to go ahead and end it there. Hey, thanks for hanging out with me on episode 713. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. Make sure you click the subscribe button in your favorite podcast app. And that way you never miss another episode of sweet prepper goodness. And don't forget If you're looking for more preparedness and self-reliant information, head on over to PrepperWebsite.com, where we link to 8 to 12 articles every day of the very best self-reliant articles out there. We also have pages dedicated to alternative news, firearms, DIY, Bible prophecy, frugal living, and homesteading. And lastly, don't forget to join the email list if you haven't. When you do, I'm going to send you a free PDF on 25 handpicked preparedness articles that you should read. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life, Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until next time, live with no regrets and stay prepped and aware. Peace.